Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Whether it's December 24th or 5th or December 26th or New Year's Eve or New Year's morning, the sun will rise. All right, back on the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Favorite guest ever. <laughs> you say that to everybody. Well, I don't have any guests on here. Can you tell my voice is bad? I can't. It's, I kind of like it. It's on the. It's on the way back up. Okay. Um, yesterday, I, I've been hitting it hard, doing a lot of radio, mm-hmm. and on top of that, I got into all this allergy stuff as I was traveling to wherever I was, Florida, and then Kentucky. And as I'm traveling and doing more and more radio, my voice was just like declining. And so I was trying to load up all these Christmas after midnights, and I was like, welcome after midnight. I was like, dadgummit. Welcome after, dadgummit. Stop it, rewind it. Welcome to after midnight. I'm going to do. It was was crushing me. But I got it. I got it. And And now... What you hear now is on the it's on it's on the way up. Uh, you were saying yesterday how you were coughing a lot, and 
in all the years that we've been married and all your years of touring and doing music, you like never coughed. You, he would purposely make himself not cough. I don't know how he did it, but you would do all these kinds of tricks to make yourself not cough because you didn't want it to mess up your voice. So, Yeah, it's interesting because I don't care as much about my voice. I preached twice this week. Yeah. And uh, the first time I preached, you know, I didn't have much of a voice at all, but it was fine. I get to still get the point across. I couldn't sing. Yeah. So thankfully, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. We answer your questions on this podcast. That's what we do. And I only have a, a limited number of guests each week. And this is my favorite one, my wife, Amber. If you want your question answered, email Granger at, excuse me, podcast at GrangerSmith.com. Not only is my voice going out, but so is my brain. Podcast at GrangerSmith.com. You're not busy or anything. You don't have a lot on your plate at all. I have so much on my plate, but I love it all. No, I know you do. I love it but all. That's why we have to give you grace for your brain not, not working 100% all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the messages went well this week, too, even though my brain was, was not great. I think, I think the messages... I think they they went well over well. I can't wait to 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 see them. I, I always read them. He always sends them to me to read, but a lot of the times I can't be there in person with you, so I can't. I always like to wait and watch the videos whenever they come out. Yeah, let's go. First question comes from Olivia. It says, "Hey Granger, just wanted to start off by saying that I really love your podcast and your music. You really inspire me with everything that you've ever done." I'm 17. I'm a Mennonite girl, and I'm very curious what you think about the head covering in 1 Corinthians 11, which says, but every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth, dishonoreth her head. I'm reading the King James here. Uh, I have grown up in a Mennonite church, and I was always taught modesty and head covering. Some people think that Anabaptists are very legalistic, but most of the people around me are strong Christians, and they want to follow the Bible with all their heart. I'm a firm believer and I hope that you don't think I'm basing my faith on these things, but I want to serve the Lord fully. I know that modesty is something that's very important, but I'm questioning how important the head covering is. What are your thoughts on this? I'm so glad you emailed Olivia. Um, I love our Mennonite questions. And Marv, if you're listening, I'm sending you. I'm sending you this one, buddy. Marv is a Marv is a dear, dear brother, and we talk. I mean, Marv, what do you say? He listens to this podcast. We talk um, every other day. I mean, we talk quite a bit. He is wise counsel for me. He is um, a friend to me. He's someone I can message uh, to grab a prayer request from, and he's also a Mennonite pastor in South Carolina. You met Marv. Mm -hmm, I did. In and Pittsburgh. And a sweet wife, yes. Yeah. Great family. And so, because of my lack of understanding of the Mennonite culture, I typically, I'll consult Marv on this stuff all the time. Um, Marv also knows a lot about the Amish. And so, Marv is, is, a, is a reborn Christian brother, also pastor, and... He also has a cultivated love for the heritage of the Mennonite people. Mm -hmm. So it's, what, I'm, what I'm saying is he didn't like leave the Mennonite church and become a, a pastor somewhere else. He's still a Mennonite pastor, but he, his eyes are open. And 
uh, I can't say enough how much I love this guy. I actually met him. You know how I met him? I met him through this podcast. Yeah. He emailed the podcast. Yeah. And, and I emailed him back. And we, we became friends. His question was, way off topic here. His question to me was something like, what are you going to do with Earl Dibbles Jr. Mm-hmm. now that you're reborn? And I, there was something about it. People ask that kind of thing all the time, but there was something about this particular time. I was drawn to his words. Mm-hmm. I was drawn to the email. Not that he said anything profound about that, but I was drawn to it and I just replied. And then he replied, then I replied, then he replied, then I gave him my number, then he called me, and then we talked for a long time, and then we just became friends. Yeah. So, Amber, your thoughts. I know that you've studied this, and you have a lot of thoughts on 1 Corinthians 11. Have I? I mean, I'm sure you have more than me, at I least. mean, I, I kind of have got this question a lot, too, but I have never, I've never answered it, because I feel like I have more study to do. I know that there were some things that were you would do back in the culture. I do believe in in modesty. I believe that, you know, of course we're called to be modest as Christians and and I've in my walk with the Lord, I've changed certain things about my dress and and certain things that I I put out there. Um as far as the head covering goes, I think it was RC Sproul who said mm-hmm. he's like one of the only ones of the the pastors that that we kind of study who says he still believes that women should have head coverings. I believe it's him. We'll have to have to fa- fact check me on this. But I mean, obviously, in today's culture, nobody, none of the women cover their heads, really. Yeah. Are there are there specific denominations who still do? I feel like... The Amish and the Mennonites. Okay. I feel like I still have to do more and study on Pentecostals this. Pentecostals, too. Okay. I feel like I still need to do more study on this. Yeah, I so, don't know if this is one of those things that was in the culture then and doesn't apply now. What's happening here is it, this is a beautiful thing because Ant-Man is now producing the podcast. Mm-hmm. So now he puts these questions in. Yeah. So it's like, hey, question number one, deal with this. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what he's doing. And so look, look I think what both of, our, both of us are saying, Olivia, is something that's very important for a Christian to put in their arsenal. I don't know. Yeah. Here's what I do know, though. What I do know is more important than what I don't know when it comes to the gospel. Because what I do know is this is not a matter of salvation. Yeah. This is, this is not a matter of you earning any extra favor with God. It is a matter of obedience, and we want to be, we desire to be as obedient as possible. I've, I, th- I think I walk through this in similar occasions on this podcast with things like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Someone that's like, hey man, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think I should cut out drinking. I know it's not a sin to actually take a sip of alcohol, it's a sin to get drunk, but now I'm thinking, and, and I'm like, hey, that that is your, um, I, th- I think that's a, a good view of your sanctification. Mm-hmm. I, me and Amber both, I'm a seminarian at Southern Baptist, and I can't drink. Mm-hmm. People ask me that. They say, hey, now that you're at, you're at Southern, you're enrolled at Southern, and you can't drink. Is that offensive to you? Do you think that's legalistic? I kind of like that question. I'm yeah. like, no. Um I don't. I think it's. I think it's responsible. Mm-hmm. I think it's responsible for Southern to require that of their students, and they're not saying it's biblical that you have to, and they're not saying that this is your salvation depends on it. They're saying, hey, if you want to be as obedient as possible and stay away from any kind of temptation, then uh, we highly encourage, in fact, require you to not drink. I think that's a good way to test yourself. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, so Olivia, here's a couple. Th- here's a couple more things. 
if you feel if you feel the pull the which is sanctification if you feel the need Convic- to cover your head conviction. because of the conviction because of 1 Corinthians 11 then i would say do it mm-hmm. the second thing is but but don't do it as a it's an obligation do it instead as an offering and then here's the other thing paul's going to talk about how he will be like others so that he could win them perhaps so you're in a Mennonite church where a lot of girls are covering their head. I don't think it would be wise for you to walk in one day without a head covering and go, you know, I just don't think, I think that's, that's a little legalistic. I think that can cause unnecessary disruption. Mm-hmm. I think it's a healthy conversation outside the church building, but on a Sunday morning, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that helps anybody with anything. I think it's a great conversation to have with girls later about, hey, you know, this is not um, dependent on salvation. Depend- salvation not dependent upon this. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with a lot of different denominations mm-hmm. and what, they're, what they require, what they need. I love that you said that it's okay for us as we're growing in our sanctification and growing in our wisdom and knowledge of the scriptures to say that we don't know because mm-hmm. we're still searching, we're still learning. And there are a couple, there are a few things obviously that we don't know and we might need to seek wise counsel about that. So I would just encourage her to seek more wise counsel and, and just do more study. Yeah, I don't know. And no one really does. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows this issue on First Corinthians 11. Uh, so let's kick it around. It's, it's a great discussion. Um, and I'm really glad you asked it. Let's do another one. This one comes from Blake. Hey, Granger, my name is Blake. I'm 18 from California, and I love your podcast. My question is, how do I or how should I improve my relationship with my mom? My parents have been divorced for 16 years. Three years ago, my mom met a new guy. She ended up marrying him after a few months and moving us while I was in high school for no reason other than because this new guy wanted to move near the beach. This along with him yelling at me, constantly accusing me of things I haven't done, making my mom an alcoholic and constantly crossing the line has caused me to build up resentments against my mom for allowing these things to happen. Uh, Given that my dad was an alcoholic and had a DUI, it's hard to see my mom go through similar battles because of her new husband. Prior to this guy, she drank once or twice a month. Any suggestions on how to deal with these resentments? Or am I just wasting my time due to her actions telling me that she doesn't prioritize her relationship with me? Thanks, Blake. He's 18. 18. Did he say at the very end there that she tells him she's not prioritizing a relationship? Any suggestions on how to deal with these resentments? Or am I just wasting my time due to her actions telling her actions telling oh, me? Oh, okay. So his question is, how do I build or improve my relationship with my mom? I, I'm going to say the first thing to do is don't give up on praying. And I mean, you are technically an adult now and mm. you can't control what your mom does, but you can control your response to it. And I would continue to pray and just, you know, the Bible tells us to put away anger and resentment and all those things. And that's hard to do in our flesh. So we cannot do that apart from the Holy Spirit. So first I would say, develop your relationship with the Lord, um, and continue to pray, but then also just go to her honestly and just say, you're worried about her and you love her and you want to see 
her in a good place and you don't want to see her, you know, in pain or, or sick or drinking all the time. It's a hard situation to be in because you do care about your mom, but she's also, you know, she probably thinks, well, I've raised my son. Now it's time for me to have my life with this new husband or boyfriend or that's tricky. It's tricky. I would just be in constant prayer in constant prayer. <coughs> you have to do that in slow-mo now. Bless you. That's the Smith. <laughs> you know, like if this, if you were 15, 14, 12, I'd have a probably a different answer. At 18, if you want to, I'm going I'm to go by your question. I'm going to dissect your question because your question is not, how do I heal my mom? How do I help my mom? How do I uh, tell my mom that this guy's bad for her? That's not your question. Your question is, how should I improve my relationship with my mom? And so I'm going to just go with that. I'm going to go with your question and not try to dig any deeper. I think that's fair enough. You want to improve your relationship with your mom, love her, mm-hmm. forgive her, give her grace, see from her perspective. She has fallen twice now for an alcoholic. It's easy to see why she's drinking more because she's around an alcoholic. He's, he's an alcoholic, right, mm-hmm. this guy? Yeah. It's easy to she. It's like it's easy to become a smoker when you live in with a smoker. Mm-hmm. So... That's understandable. So see that from her perspective. See that she is probably hurting through all this. She probably misses you, loves you. My suggestion to improve the relationship is to love her, have grace for her, forgive her. And it doesn't mean you need to trust her or trust this new guy. Or it doesn't mean you have to be happy that she moved. uh, Because those are real feelings that you're really experiencing. So, So instead, tell her, mom, I love you. I genuinely want what's best for you. You know, I don't particularly care for this new guy, but I do want you to be happy. And I want to be someone you can come to, to get advice. I want someone you could, you could lean on. You could trust me. Mom, because I love you, and I always will, regardless of what you do, regardless of what you do with this guy, um, I, I love you, and I, I genuinely want the best for you. And also, I forgive you. I know that I've been grumpy. I've been sharp and mean lately, telling you my opinions about moving and telling you what I think about this new guy. And I don't ever want to hurt you. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I forgive you. That's a really good place to start Mm -hmm. to improve a relationship. You could, you got all kinds of green grass to run in after that, but you start with that, with that, that stance of humility I think you're going to be in a, a much better place to build something positive with your mom. Next question comes from Anonymous, and it says, Hey, Granger, I lost my husband and recently started dating. I've been on a few dates, and each of them expected to sleep with me on the first date. I was in shock. One of them even said, Come on, we are adults here. We could do what we want, which I didn't disagree on this point. I said, exactly, and I am not sleeping with you (laughs) now and probably never. Good girl. But uh, I didn't want to sleep with a man that I barely knew. Needless to say, he was history. Recently, I met a man that I may end up wanting to sleep with. I care about him enough to start a serious relationship with. Does the Bible speak about a widow and sex? This man respects my decision to wait until I'm ready. 
I'm after a serious relationship. I do not plan to just go on a date from now on. Tell me whether the Bible speaks on this or not, and what are your thoughts on this and your wife too? Oh, you happen to be here. In Christian Love, Anonymous. All right, Anonymous, let's dig in. This This is very, very, very easy. And it doesn't make it a bad question. Yeah, it's it's a great question. I'm glad you asked, but the, but it's very easy. Um, the answer is no. It you're not going to be condoned, whether a widow or, or whether you're just single, outside of marriage, to be in a sexual relationship. What do I say after that? I I wonder. I wonder if you are a Christian. Yeah. I do. Um, it's, it's hard for me to take this out of context and think and just assume that you are a Christian or that maybe you're a cultural Christian mm-hmm. and you're just kind of going by the book like, hey, what boxes do I need to check? I'm a Christian um, because that's the way I grew up. What boxes am I checking again, Granger? Will you remind me what the Bible says? When, in fact, I would so encourage you to see for yourself, yeah. to go and see. And this is probably a good time for me to tell you the gospel because, and, and maybe this goes with the head covering conversation as well, that all of us are sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Our own conscience testifies to that, that we have messed up, that we have fallen short in all different ways, all of us in different ways, but all of us are rebels, enemies of God, really, a perfect, holy God. We have turned our back on him. We have gone our own way. We've said, you know what? I'm going to decide what I do. And I might go check and see what that old Bible says, or may ask this podcast, but really, in general, I'm going to do what I want. Because you know why? Like the email says, because I'm an adult and I do what I want, not what some God tells me to do, Granger. That's not what you said, but that's the implication. God knowing this, knowing that everyone had rebelled against him, all, all of us have fallen short. There is no one good, no, not even one. Thus says the Bible, as if I was Billy Graham. Knowing this, God enters his own creation as a man living the perfect life, fulfilling the law perfectly, whether it's a head covering or whether it's alcohol or whether it's premarital or widow sex. All of the law, he fulfilled it perfectly, sinless perfection in a way that no one that's ever walked on this earth ever has. And you know what we did when we knew that? We killed him for it. I say we, talking about humanity, he went to the cross as predestined, as perfectly planned so that upon that cross, he took on the sin, the punishment that we deserved as sinners. To be in the presence of a holy God, to be reconciled and brought to God, the Bible says, would require perfection. We didn't have it. Someone's got to get punished for that. Jesus took on that punishment himself and says, anyone that turns from themselves, that turns away from this sin, turns to me, will have eternal life. Three days later, he was raised from the grave, from the grave proving his divinity, proving that the sacrifice that he gave to God was worthy. 
anyone that believes that, looks to him, turns from their old self and turns to him, will be saved. Through that salvation, you start feeling the sanctification and you're going to start feeling some things. You're going to have a craving to read God's word. You're going to have a craving to be around God's people and you're going to have a craving to walk in obedience, which could mean a head covering. It could mean staying away from alcohol like the last email or this one. I'm going to not have sex until I'm married. I agree. I don't, I don't think I need to, to add any more to that. Next question comes from Anna. Hey, Granger, love your podcast and that you're unashamed of the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to thank you and Amber for helping me grow closer to Jesus. Uh, I, to re- quickly respond to that, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Yes. Second uh, paragraph here says, I'd also known and liked your music, but I stumbled across your channel in May of 2021, and now I watch the Smiths all the time and Arise with Amber. I know that God brought me to your channel to bring me closer to Him because of what I'm, what I'm going through now. Mm-hmm. I lost my uncle in December of 22 to a sudden heart attack. I'm still in shock, and my family is hurting so much. I, I just can't believe he's gone. On top of this, I'm single, and I've never felt more alone in my life. I'm reading my Bible every day and praying, but I still feel stuck. Do you have any suggestions on how to get through this? Thanks so much, Anna. I'll let you go with this one. Did she say how long? Oh, she said... December 22. So it's been a year. Mm-hmm. I think everything that you're feeling is okay, and there's no real timeline of grief. Now, you don't want to pitch a tent and stay there. You know, you're saying that you're feeling stuck. I think it's natural and normal to feel alone and scared and angry and um, full of sadness and grief for somebody that you love. And I pray that he was a Christian. I pray that he is with the Lord now. And when we are in Christ, we go from life to life. There is there is no death. And um, I think you're doing everything that you need to be doing by reading your word, continually praying, and just be patient and know that God is working even when you don't feel it and even when you don't see it. Just Just because you don't feel him doesn't mean that that he's not there, that he's not moving, that he's not working. So don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself grace. Now, it's like you said, if this was five years from now or 10 years from now, I would say something different, but this is still really fresh and everyone is, is still hurting and still grieving. So I would just tell you to continue to, I don't know if you're plugged into a local church, but if you're feeling lonely, I would say to get plugged into a local church and have the body of believers surround you and walk with you through this grief and just continue um, to, to be in your word like you say that you're doing right now. I don't think I have anything to add to that as well. Um, Did she ask any other questions or just she feels stuck? She feels stuck. And like you said, it's very normal. Yeah. I hear you. The, the thing I'll tell you too, Anna, is that it's been one year now. You should, st- you should see in this year too a significant improvement. Yeah. Because what's part of what's making this tough is your family. Your family's hurting so much. And so when you start to, your spirit's starting to lift a little bit, you're starting to feel a little bit better, and then you go to your aunt's house and everyone's crying. It's like, oh. it reminds you of the reality that you're in, that we live in a fallen world where there is death mm-hmm. and mortality. Mm-hmm. Very evident to us. And so I think that's part of, 
part of what's going on is it's not just you because you you said I'm in shock and my family is hurting so much I just can't believe he's gone and uh, there's also going to be a lot more of this coming up in your life yeah. not just your uncle it's coming to everyone you're doing the right things you're seeking the right counsel um, but there that use this also as, as a it's a good magnifier that there is an end on this earth for everyone. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the time you have now? Who are you going to tell the gospel to now before their time is up, before a sudden heart attack hits like it did my dad? Yeah, and think about the time that we're coming into, you know, the Christmas season, the Advent season. This yeah. is the perfect time. You just shared the gospel. Like, this is what God came to do was to save us. And to bring us into right relationship with Him, and to, and to for us to to someday be on the new heaven and the new and the new earth, this gives us hope. You can grieve with hope if you're in your Bible. You should be able to to be grieving with hope. And I would say it looks it's going to be a year, I guess, right now, like December to December. I would say go out and do something special in remembrance of Him mm, on that day. That's what we try to do for for River or Granger's dad is just to remember them in a special way and go do something for somebody else. When you take the focus off of yourself and go help somebody else, it helps to give you purpose through that pain. That's great. Next question comes from Jay and it says, Hey Granger, I recently discovered your podcast and your music and it's changed my life. I'm 17, my name is Jay. Just wanted to, to get your opinion on tattoos. I know you have some, but my dad thinks that uh, it mars your body, and God created in a specific way, and to change it permanently is against His will. I want you. I want to get one myself when I turn of age. But what about tattoos of God or Christ? If they show someone's love for God, if they show someone's love for God, is it bad to have? Any thoughts on this would be much appreciated. Uh, also. Could you tell me what the meaning of the barbed wire tattoo on your arm and why you say it, does it, you say it goes all the way around? Uh, thanks. Love you, man, and everything you're doing. Thank you, Jay. Um, the first thing is that barbed wire tattoo is fake. <laughs> it's a Sharpie. It's a sh from a Sharpie. Um, we used to draw it on before every show, and now you just kind of, you just didn't care anymore. <laughs> it's, part of the, it. it's part of the humor of Earl when we first created him that he would, that it's like, there's a you think of getting a barbed wire tattoo would hurt because it goes kind of under the armpit it goes all the way around and so there would be guys according to earl in in my mind earl would think that maybe a city boy would get a tattoo of a barbed wire but he would stop right under the armpit where it actually hurt and so earl saying mine goes all the way around because <laughs> like i don't care about the pain of course it goes all the way around it's it's like Earl's always having an argument with himself to a hypothetical city boy uh, accusation. Yeah. Like, does it go all the way around, Earl, <laughs> even where it hurts in the soft part of your armpit? Of course it goes all the way around. You know, when I'm doing After Midnight and I'm Earl, when I have this voice, it, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm Earl Dable's genius. It doesn't <laughs> exactly. do it. It doesn't do so it. So high pitch. Um. Jay, let me jump in on your question here, and Amber could jump in as well. Sure. Um, this is interesting. I'm not sure if Ant-Man put these together on purpose for a th little theme. But now we're Probably. talking about head coverings, yeah. uh, extramarital sex, and now tattoos. Mm -hmm. This is the episode of obedience, <laughs> for sure. And obedience versus legalism, yeah. moralism. So 
let me dissect your question. Uh, okay, f the first thing I want to say is your dad thinks that it mars your body and God created it, the body, in a specific way and to change it permanently is against his will. Um, Half-truth. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. God's will, as we pray like Jesus taught us, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning your will is going to be done. We pray for it to be done and we praise you that it will be done. There is nothing changing that. Mm -hmm. So to say that you, you change your body is against or going against his will, is n that's, that's a harsh way of saying it. To say, it would be better to say, does it displease him? Marring my, does marring my body displease a holy God? I think that would be a better way to say it. And once again, here we go, similar to head coverings. This is going to be something that um, you are going to, you can go to Leviticus for this, but you're not going to see much more after that in the New Testament. Yeah. You're going to need to stick with your sanctification. You need, you're going to need to stick with what you, you are feeling as you are going through your own quiet time. If I was going to give you an opinion, I would say, brother, don't, don't get any. That would be my, what, my ask to you. Um, I wouldn't do it now. If, if I was going to start all over as a reborn Christian, I wouldn't do it. Not because of legalism, not because of moralism, but why would I risk that? Uh, why would I risk displeasing God? What, what are your thoughts? It's like you said, it's, it's was spoken about in Leviticus and not really in the New Testament. And so back then it was seen as, you know, the pagan kind of people would tattoo their body and mar their body up with their gods. And so it was, it was forbidden and it's not. And, and I'll just jump in yeah. to it. In addition to that, um, the Levitical laws, the Mosaic law itself was a separation. Be holy. Mm -hmm. They wanted, God wanted the Israelites, his people to be holy. Yeah. To, to better define what that means, it means be separate. Yes, set apart. Don't be like the world. We're going to set you, I want to set you apart. Don't be like them. Don't eat what they eat. Don't wear what they wear. Don't worship the way they worship. Don't tattoo your bodies like they tattooed their bodies. You are holy. Mm -hmm. Just like I am holy, I want you to be holy, set apart. And there are certain things that they're doing that mark them. Like those men, they have long hair. Mm -hmm. Those women that have short hair. There, there's certain things they're doing that are is setting, it's making them worldly. Don't do those things. Mm -hmm. We are now outside of that covenant. We are now part of the new covenant that Christ has fulfilled the law, right. all of it, every dot and iota of it. So we don't look at it as breaking a law. When it comes to the ceremonial slash um, civil laws mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. We do absolutely still respect and keep and live by the moral version of the law. Yeah. And so keep that in mind when you're thinking about all of the many rules in Leviticus. Go ahead. And I don't think getting a tattoo now would be sin. Obviously, if you're putting some sort of 
sorcery type thing on your body, then yes. But I don't think getting a cross on your body would be seen as sin. If, if you're doing something that reminds you of your love for the Lord, I don't think based on the New Testament that that would be sin. Like Granger said, Jesus came to fulfill the law. We're not held under that law anymore. But I do think if you're wrestling with it and thinking about it and you're not quite at peace about it, just wait, just don't do it yet. Yes. I will tell you every tattoo that I've gotten, I regret, <laughs> you know, I, I was, wasn't a, a Christian. I, they don't mean anything. They're just ridiculous. And they're on my body now, unless I get them removed forever. But I also did get a cross when I got baptized and I got a little lightning bolt for river. And I don't think that was sin in doing that. I think you should, like Granger said, listen to your own conviction about it. You're, you're going through your own sanctification process, but I don't think like your dad said, it's against God's will. However, I will say we are, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so that could be something that you're wrestling with as well. So listen to your own conviction about that. Yeah. That's just, why I said I wouldn't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. If you're, if you're not ready and you're not and 100% if you do, about it. If you, if you decide to do it, don't get it. You, you said, what about tattoos of God or Christ? Don't do that. Do not get a tattoo of Christ on you. Like a, I think I don't think he meant like a photo of Jesus. I think he did. Okay, I was thinking like a cross or something. Don't do that. That would be breaking a commandment as well. Show today is brought to you guys by BetterHelp. With all of these deep topics that we get into, there is always a consideration that therapy can be very helpful. I've said this many times. I'm not a therapist. But sometimes the questions I get on this podcast require some kind of therapy in terms of someone professional listening to you so that you, you could walk through your issues with someone that's trained and actually educated in order to help direct you towards a path of feeling better. Certainly when Amber and I went through our most traumatic experience, therapy was very helpful. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's good for you, Granger, but therapy's not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not into walking into some place and laying down on, on a green couch and telling somebody my problems. Well, right now, I want to introduce you to BetterHelp.com. And th this is a great time of year to either treat yourself or someone else with the gift of therapy. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and then switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It's really great and no green couch is required. So in this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Granger today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Granger. Also, if you're thinking about getting somebody a gift that maybe has everything how about a gift of Cameo? You can go to cameo.com slash Smith, and you could book me for a video message saying anything you want. Right now, this time of season, it's, it's easy for me to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, a, a word of encouragement, Happy Birthday, Happy Anniversary, whatever it might be. And you could do that last minute for, it's for a Christmas present that's last minute. You could go to cameo.com slash Smith or download the Cameo app. And search for me, Granger Smith. It's super easy. It comes up on my phone, um, and I get your message and send the customized message. It comes back to you from me, and then you send it to whoever you want. Give someone a Christmas gift of a cameo. Once again, that's cameo.com slash Granger Smith. People always think that Christmas is such a joyful time, and it is because we have what Christ did for us, and we look forward you know, to remembering his birth and what he came to do, and we look forward to his return. But for most, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for some other people, it's not. Mm. They're sad and lonely or grieving. What do you tell someone 
that's looking at this holiday season right now and they were missing somebody at their at the dinner table or um, maybe they were alone actually yeah. I, I can't imagine I, there's all kinds of scenarios maybe a widow that lost her husband and this is the first Christmas she has a house alone to yeah. herself how do you speak to that I would say if they're listening to this the next day I would say congratulations you made it through that day and I'm so Ooh, sorry I'm so sorry that you had to go through that but the sun rose again and you know like the scripture says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I pray that with God's, God gives you new morning mercies every single day and that you can wake up to that, to this new day and know I made it through yesterday. Mm. I did it. I can do it again. And just keep putting one foot in front of the other. The movie Castaway, Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. not a Christian movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but do you remember at the very end when he's talking to Kelly and he's explaining that he almost killed himself mm -hmm. on that island after three years, I think, the story. I love that movie. And he's talking about it, and he, and he was getting ready to give up, and, and he was like, but the sun still rises. Mm -hmm. And one day, the tide brought me a sail. Yeah. It was a porta potty And, and I, say, I say that to anyone, too, that I think that's beautiful that you said that the sun still rises mm -hmm. and the only way to know that it does is to get up the next morning and open your curtains and make your bed and brush your teeth and put on some clothes mm -hmm. and look out at the sky and go, God, you are consistently putting us with a new day. Yeah. The, the earth rotated again and there's the sun. So consistent, mm -hmm. never misses. Morning never misses. Yeah. That sounds so trite, so stupid almost to say it that way. But if we think about God, one of the most beautiful things about God's creation is the consistency that he put us in. We could rely that tomorrow, we know tomorrow, the sun will come up. Mm -hmm. And there is so much peace in that consistency, whether it's December 24th or 5th or December 26th, or New Year's Eve, or New Year's morning, the sun will rise. Yeah. Until he commands that it doesn't. He has it in a loop right now. He has earth in a loop until he tells it to stop. That is a crazy thought. Yeah. And so also, to that point, are you right with the Lord? Because it's going to come like a thief in the night when he tells it to stop. So are you right with, are you right with Jesus? Did you listen to the gospel that Granger just shared? Do you know where you're, where you're going when that sun doesn't come up again? Yeah. And to the, to the people that are in a community that are missing someone, that maybe this is a really hard holiday season. Maybe they, maybe they took a vacation from Christmas and left the house and they're off somewhere else right now, maybe listening to this podcast. Amber and I could both tell you that Christmas will be what it used to be again. Mm-hmm. You have a tendency sometimes to think, well, not only did I lose my loved one, but I also lost Christmas. I also lost Thanksgiving. And because I lost my loved one, now I, I also don't get to celebrate my favorite holiday and it, that now my childhood's gone. So not only did I lose my loved one, but I, I have erased the joy of my childhood. What next? We have a tendency, like our brain 
starts doing weird tricks like that. Yeah. And, and then you have to kind of put put our feelings on top of the authority of what we know. Mm-hmm. And go, no, 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 no. No, the sun will rise. We'll, we will move forward. We will have a normal Christmas again. We will feel joy on Christmas morning again. Mm-hmm. That's a promise. Yeah. We, we still have a question left on this episode. Okay. We should ask it. From Biff. I love that name. Biff? Yes. You know <laughs> I love Back to the Future. Hey, Granger, been listening to the pod for a long time, and I really do enjoy what I've heard. So my wife and I are in a hard place in our lives. We've decided to separate and go back to just dating each other to hopefully get back to a happy life with each other. I've put everything in God's hands. I pray about it every day. I'm scared to death my wife is going to want to divorce me in the end. Our pastor has told us we need to talk to other people. My wife is definitely doing that, but I can't bring myself to it. I love her so much. I'm working on myself, trying to be better for myself and my wife. We spent the weekend together, and I got extremely jealous of her talking to another guy. She says that he's just a friend, and he told me to look at who she chose to spend the weekend with. But, Granger, it's hard. I got so jealous, we ended up fighting about it. Some advice is greatly appreciated. Sincerely, a Western, a West Texas, a West Texan named Biff. Yeah, Biff, man, thank you for emailing. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I see this play out with people often. You're not alone, say that first. I see this play out, and where I see the mistakes happening is when... Biff, you cannot hold back your anger or your jealousy or your obsessiveness or your neediness. Not saying you have it, but I'm saying that's where I see this go wrong from the guy's perspective. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of girls, Mm -hmm. but when I see this happening to a guy, I have two or three in my life right now, one of them just got a divorce and they cannot bring themselves they cannot humble themselves and squash their pride enough to say stop it Biff don't say don't say anything about that guy don't say that's stupid don't do it don't do it and you did and you did and you just tore down another layer of anything that you had built two steps back one step forward I'm, what I'm not saying is it's your fault. I'm not saying she's in the right and you're messing this all up. I'm just saying from my perspective, pride is a huge enemy in this situation. Mm-hmm. I also think churches fail. Couples, a uh, lot of bad churches out there. Not saying you're in a bad church. I'm just saying I think you probably are. <laughs> I'm not saying you're in a bad church. I'm just saying I think you probably are. Yes. I'm not saying I'm sure of it. I'm saying I'm pretty sure of it. And Because all I get out of this is our pastor told us we need to talk to other people. What kind of advice is that, pastor? Um, if, if a church was operating correctly, biblically, if it was acting soundly like it's supposed to, we wouldn't need AA. We wouldn't need extramarital counseling. We wouldn't need grief share. Those things are great, 
but we wouldn't need them. We could use them, but we wouldn't need them because the church would provide the need for uh, for the sheep. The pastor, the shepherd provides for the sheep. And he doesn't say, you need to talk to other people. Hey, pastor, if you're listening, this guy, um, Biff might've just said that wrong. And maybe that's not, maybe there's more to the story that probably is. Look, Biff, whenever you got married and you said your vows, there was something probably in your vows that said something about for better or for worse, for richer or for, poor, for poorer, for in sickness and in health. Love, a true love for your spouse will persist past the time when you stop benefiting from it. Think about that. Let me say it again. A true love for your spouse will persist longer than the time when you stop benefiting from it. Man, that is an, an epidemic in this country. When people stop getting, when they stop benefiting from the marriage, they think, I'm out, or we got to separate, or we got we to gotta try something new. We got to date somebody else. I'm no longer happy. I'm not happy. Me, me, me. I'm not getting what I want. And you're just like, hey, did you not say for better or for worse? Is This is worse. It's not for... I will marry you for better. <laughs> when you stop benefiting, you should keep loving selflessly. You should stop, you should suppress, work to suppress the jealousy, work to suppress these feelings of anger that Biff, I'm pretty sure you got. I love you, brother, and I'm so glad you emailed, but if I was talking to you on text, this is how I would talk to you. And this is how I talk to these other guys. I'm like, listen to me, stop being so stubborn. Get your hard head out of this. Okay. So would you, okay. Would you stop so me from this? These questions are hard because we don't know the whole gist of your marriage. We don't know what's gone on in your marriage yeah. to cause this conflict, to, ca to cause you guys to be in this space. So first of all, I wanted to say I was glad you were walking through it with a pastor. But then for them to say you should talk to other people, I don't know if they meant counseling or other couples or that's kind of vague. Um I would also say it's good that you guys are trying to date each other again. You know, I think a lot of couples, they get into this rut where they don't date each other. They get busy with work or busy with kids and they kind of, their husband or wife go on the back burner. So you have to be intentional and make time and date each other, which is great that y'all are doing that. The whole thing about talking to another guy, I don't know if that was through text or Facebook or if that was in person. So while I agree with Granger in saying you should swallow your pride and you should try to you know, it's a, the verse in Corinthians says, love is not jealous. You have to try to try to swallow that. I also think that coming from a woman, if there was something that I knew would make my husband jealous, I would try everything in my power not to do it. So I'm not saying you can't ever like say hello to somebody and be kind yeah. and cordial, but if there's something that I know is going to upset Granger, if he was really didn't want me to talk to another guy because he thought I was flirting, I wouldn't do it. I'm not speaking for her. I'm just speaking for Biff. Right, right, right. He asked the question. And so I was just speaking for from yeah. a woman's perspective. So yeah, I don't know. She's I, triggering him. Yeah, <laughs> she's triggering. I would just say continue to seek wise counsel, continue to date each other, and try to get back to that place that you were. Like Granger said, I saw something the other day that said, your marriage doesn't have to end, but this version of your marriage can end. Mm. Like you guys can stop this right now. You don't have to you don't have to get a divorce. You don't have to be separated. You can just say, look, we're going to stop this right now. We're going to choose each other. We're going to date each other. We're going to see what makes the other person upset. We're not going to do that. We're going to pour into each other. And 
another thing is, I think it was John Piper that said the best version that you can, the best thing you can do for your husband or your wife is to devote time to your holiness. If you are seeking yourself to be holy, you will do everything that the Bible says to honor your husband or your wife. So if you guys are both chasing after Christ, you're going to love each other. You're going to choose each other. You're going to have that first Corinthians love. So So I would say work on your walk with the Lord. And that's so good. That's so good. You know, you can't say this. You can't say I've put everything in God's hands. Oh, pray about it every day. I'm scared to death. I was going to say, I was going to say that too. I've heard so many people say, I'm just giving it to God. I'm just giving it up. I'm just going to let him do. Okay. Yes, we want to surrender everything to God, but that's not a that's not passive. Yes. You still ha- it's active. It's active faith. You're still going to do things to work closer to your to your loved one to to choose them, to leave little notes for them. Like you have to choose to do things to show your love for them. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm just giving up. I'm just giving it to God and praying he's going to do a miracle." Like no, you have to be active in your relationship. So good. Thanks. Love it. <laughs> That's all we got, y'all. We'll see you next episode. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two caps a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. 
Hey, I'm here to tell you about UpFaith and Family, the leading streaming service for uplifting entertainment. It's the only place to stream all seasons of the award-winning series Heartland with exclusive content you won't see anywhere else. Binge all of the past seasons and don't miss the season 17 of Heartland and stream a new episode weekly. Dive into the warmth of Heartland and let UpFaith and Family be your go-to service for all things uplifting. Start your free trial today. Go to upfaithandfamily.com for your free trial. Upfaithandfamily.com.